The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Anybody who used our software is probably a buy and hold type of person, a big fundamental analysis. That's kind of our how we are as a company. We're, we're not in this for uh, get some quick customers. We're in this for... Um, get to know some people gradually through time. And if we've got a fit, they become a customer. And then we, we look forward to serving them for 10 years. Hey, investors, this is Austin. Thanks for tuning in to episode two of the seven investing podcast. Our mission is to empower you to invest in your future. Our team of advisors does that by providing our seven best ideas in the stock market each month for just $17. Check us out at seveninvesting.com to learn more. I'm incredibly excited for you to hear our discussion today with Sean Brown, the CEO and head coach of YCharts. YCharts was built to help investors make smarter investments and visually communicate their ideas. Their clients include wealth advisors and asset managers with more than $750 billion in combined assets under management. But it's a great tool for individual investors as well. We use it heavily at 7investing. If you want to give it a shot, head over to YCharts.com and start a free trial. I've also put a link in the show notes and on our podcast page at 7 Sean and I had a wide-ranging discussion. We covered the real-world impact that coronavirus has had on YCharts business, how Sean and his team are navigating this challenging time with their customers, Sean's own investing style, and how businesses tend to perform after a crisis. What I enjoyed most about our talk was how genuine and humble Sean was. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy these podcasts, please subscribe, leave us a review on your favorite podcast player, and share them with your friends across social media so we can help more of the world invest better. Sean, I just want to start by saying thank you. I really look for people that are doing interesting things, but that are also just good human beings. And you've reached out to me on a couple occasions just through DM or tweets back and forth. And so the first thing I want to say is just thank you for, for being one of those kind people out there. Uh, and then secondly, thank you for your time today. And I'd like to start just by having you kind of introduce yourself a little bit to the audience if they might not have heard of Y charts yet. Hey, before I, I, I do that, Austin, you, um, you shouldn't be thanking me. I'm, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for having me on. But much more importantly than having me on, um, you know, you are the epitome you and your family of what this country is all about. Um, I know you're in the reserves and I know your wife is on the front lines um, in healthcare. And uh, thank you. I thank you. Uh, you know, this podcast is, is nothing compared to some of the heavier stuff going on. So I, I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. But, that means a lot. But to, to answer your question, I, I don't know when it happened, Austin. I'm, I'm, I'm an old man. I've been around for 25 years in, in my career, and I, I'm privileged to lead uh, the, this company called Y Charts. And, and again, just to, just to humble ourselves a little bit, we're, we're not doing anything nearly as noble as the people on the front lines, but we're, we really think we have a, a role we can play and a place we can play in these times in helping people understand 
the impact of the virus and other events on capital markets and helping them communicate. So that's what we're all about right now. You, you said, you know, what YCharts is doing isn't necessarily as important as what's going on with healthcare providers or people on the front lines and, and not to take away anything from what those people are doing. It's super important. And like you said, my wife is going to work as a nurse and, and kind of doing that stuff. And so I'm very appreciative of that. But I also believe, and I think, I think you've probably experienced this throughout your career. There's definitely a place in an, an important place for technology companies um, in the economy. And then in, in situations like this, where something completely unexpected comes up. And although what YCharts is doing might not be impacting people's physical health, the economy and people's money is still a really important thing for mm -hmm. their mindset, their stress. In order to be able to do your job well and, and function, your financial situation makes a big difference. And so I'd like to talk about that a little bit. So I listened to your podcast. You were a guest on Tobias Carlyle's podcast, The Acquirer's Multiple. Yeah. And one of the things you talked about, and I'm a YCharts user as well. And, and so it's done a number of things in, in the way I personally use it to simplify my investing process. But I know a huge subset of YCharts clients, I think most of your clients are probably uh, investment advisors, financial advisors, people like that. Mm -hmm. And you talked a little bit about um, your goal is to kind of save them time and, and make them awesome at their jobs. And so I'm just curious with, with what's going on, how have some of those conversations changed? Yeah, it, it's interesting because, um, I mean, we were all riding really high on a 10 plus year bull market, right? And so you are correct in that a large portion of our customer base, 65, 70% are wealth advisors. And um, the job of a wealth advisor over the last 10 years had been much easier than it is now, right? When, when the monthly or quarterly statements were going out to hardworking couples who had been saving money for their whole lives, you know, th those were high five moments. Wow, my statement is looking great. Um, hey, there's no need to further interrogate the, um, the allocations that my advisors got me in. And you know what? I don't need to hear from my advisor that often. Thanks for that statement. My wife and I had a nice bottle of wine and celebrated that we're we're worth more now than we were before. Um, to answer your question, that's changed dramatically, Austin, dramatically. And, and our value prop at YCharts is to help people make smarter investment decisions. And we think we do that by making complex things easy and easy things quick uh, to save them time or help them get where they want to go. So our discussions have changed dramatically lately with advisors and other investors coming to us saying, how do I substantiate the fact that my client should be comfortable with their buy and hold strategy that we agree to? Or if I were to find an alternative security with a lot of the same characteristics, how would I look that up? Or, hey, if I wanted to get my perspectives out on the market on what uh, exposure to China or Asia is, um, we're just having a ton of conversations where in some cases people are back on their heels saying, I need to come up with an answer. In other cases, people are being proactive saying, hey, I wanna get some long-term messaging out there now. So a real heightened set of discussions and, and the volume of 
really every dimension in our business has just uh, jumped dramatically in the last 45 days. Have you seen more activity from, I guess, advisors and, and clients wanting help right now to be able to manage their communication to their own clients? I'm imagining a company like YCharts that, that helps people do their job more efficiently mm-hmm. is probably seeing more interest during mm-hmm. a time like this. Yeah, I, I guess I, I say this with the utmost of humility and, and feeling of, of gratitude and, and honestly being blessed to be maybe in the right space at the right time. Um, I mean, our site traffic is double our prospect discussions are dramatically increased. And, um, you know, I, I, I guess the, the simplest way I can say it is, I, I, I cringe by saying it, but this is a time where our value proposition is even more relevant. So yes, it, it has, uh, uh, regrettably, I don't like what's going on in the market uh, and everybody's health, but it, it has been a, a boost to our business. Yeah, and, and I'm a customer and fan of white charts. I follow you. I follow individuals that work there and I follow your, the company Twitter account. And Mm -hmm. I have not seen anything from white charts that makes me feel in any way that from a marketing perspective, you know, you all are trying to take advantage of this, but, Mm -hmm. but I think exactly what you said is true. And it goes back to the importance of service and people's finances Mm -hmm. and then the value of what you do. I think that that just proves that you all are doing a good job with your business and provide like helping people with a yeah. real problem. So, you know, you know, one of the interesting things we've seen Austin is there are an awful lot of people who just want to do their jobs the way they were doing it six weeks ago, but some of them were using tools that are tied to their um, office desk, you know, a terminal based solution. So one of the things we've been trying to do is, for those people that have those types of solutions say, Hey, um, we're not interested in, in, in making a, a sale right now. Come talk to us. We can set you up to use our software during this difficult period of time. And, um, you know, no strings attached, just, just use it and hope it helps you do what you're doing. And to the degree in the long term, we end up getting to know you better. Great. But for now, uh, we think it's important that you're able to do your job. And we know there's some clients sitting behind you that really need your help. I'm curious, and I kind of got ahead of myself earlier, but from a CEO and a a present perspective, but I guess more of a CEO perspective, somebody that's managing a real world business and people's people are depending on you and your company every day to come to work and get a check and be able to provide for their families, as well as I know you're married, you have children. I've seen pictures on Twitter of them camping inside at your house, mm-hmm. which I was wondering, like, why didn't they just go in the backyard? But we can have that conversation later. Uh, so so is a, that- a military guy and reservist. <laughs> yeah, we, we just happened to get a bunch of rain. But yes, yeah, I figured it was bad yeah. weather or something. Yeah, I've seen Y charts put out a ton of data around the Coronavirus to provide updates and stuff like that. So I'm sure that's taking a lot of work and management. So I'm just curious how you're balancing that and, and what that's been like? Uh, uh, Without question, this has been the zaniest, most exhilarating, um, uh, most mind-blowing, most innovative period of my career, uh, the last four weeks. Um, We are on, let's see, Y-Charts, we're on day 13 of being 100% working from home. So 
the the really neat thing is, and my business is 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 blessed again, right? I'm I, I'm not a food establishment and and nor a retail outlet. We're we're a digital business as it was, but um, to take an entire business completely virtual, or in in literally one business day, um, while also tackling double the volume of new business and current customer requests. Listen, I, you know from, from getting to know us, Austin, our value prop isn't just use our platform and good luck to you. Yeah. Our value prop is we're going to get you up to speed, use our platform, but you're still going to need some help and, and want some advice or want to bounce an idea. We're here to chat with you, talk to you. So the volume of everything, chats, calls, emails, ha- has only doubled. And so it's been absolutely exhilarating and, and, and so mind-blowing to go digital. At the same time, we felt it was our, honestly, our moral obligation to bring the coronavirus statistics into our platform. Mm-hmm. We just felt um, it was a social responsibility and we felt it, it such a big impact on capital markets, we had to get that in. So, I mean, I saw our, our engineering team stay up overnight, numerous nights in a row to get this out. And so like to, to sum up for you, Austin, I am so humbled and awed because we're virtual. We've innovated faster than I've ever seen us innovate. And we were innovating pretty damn fast previously. Um, we've all gotten used to, you know, uh, my, my dog's going to walk into my, my study here in a couple minutes. He'll bash the door open. He'll probably jump on my lap. We're all getting used to operating yeah. in a Zoom world. And it, it's been so amazing while at the same time, and I know you probably share this, like, I'm taking walks with my, I have a 12 year old and 13 year old kids and, and, and a wonderful wife and a dog. We're taking walks. I'm a guy who used to leave home at four 30 every morning. Um, I'm waking up and eating breakfast with my kids and I'm helping them with their e-learning and it's just been incredible. And again, I'll go back to the fact that we're all healthy yep. and, and we're lucky and blessed for that. So are you actually helping them learn or are they teaching you? <laughs> because uh, it's been a while since you've, I'm not calling you old, but it's been a while oh, since, you've man. Been, since you've been at school. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. The stuff that, you know, you, you, you have to relearn all this stuff. Like how do you, how do you multiply, um, you know, exponents by each other? How do you add, how, you know, the uh, Pythagorean theorem, all of this stuff, which we all learned, but I'm like, Oh, let's, yeah. let's dive back into that. Let's stay exactly one day ahead of the kids. Yeah. And then, and you're like, hello, I work at Y charts. We have, this stuff is all automatic. I don't have to worry about any of this anymore. <laughs> kind of talking about the, the data that you all are providing around um, COVID-19. Mm-hmm. I've seen some interesting tweets from you and you've shared some stuff out. And I'd love to j- just kind of talk about a few of them a little bit just to, sure. and the, the reason I'm talking about this. So, you know, seven investing, we're a, we're a company that we do uh, individual stock recommendations recommendations every month. And so that's kind of what we're focused on as a company. And so some of our listeners, that's kind of going to be what they're thinking about. And like you said, this, the the pandemic is impacting capital markets and uh, nobody knows how bad it's going to get. Nobody knows when it's going to end, but it really helps to see data and some perspective. And so the first tweet that was just super valuable to me was you shared one, it was on March 26th, and it's talking about the, it basically comparing the volatility of this market 
compared to the volatility in 1987 and then 2008. What's your takeaway from, from those charts and just the data that you've been writing about personally on, on your Twitter account? Yeah, I, I don't view charts any different than I view life in, in that take a step back and have, uh, have a long-term perspective on things. Um, whatever that personal trauma is, take a step back and realize, you know, I've, I've been around for over 50 years, you know, take a step back from that moment of trauma you're in. I think with, when it comes to charts, if you want to drive yourself crazy with worry and despair, shorten your window on your charts to be late February to mid-March. You will be in a panic and you will not be able to sleep. Um, if you step, up, step back and say, we're, we're, this is not the first market crash there's been, you know, go to 87, go to the late 90s, go to 2008, go all the way back to the Great Depression. These blips, take a step back and look at things in a broader perspective and understand that the trend line, we navigate through these periods of downturns. We do. We always do and we always will. So, you know, it, it ties into, I mean, my personal bias on investing, Austin, is have the long-term perspective, buy and hold. Now, that's my, that's my perspective, but it's supported by the way my company looks at things and it's supported by my charts, which is step back. Doesn't make it mean it feels good to see what happened to your nest egg, but step back and realize in two, five, or seven years from now, you're going you're gonna to kind of have forgotten a little bit. And you'll probably go through it a couple more times in your life. It's very helpful to see perspective like that and to hear from people like you that have been there and experienced it to know, zoom out and focus on the long term. And one of the things actually, so um, we use Y charts heavily at 7investing and we do kind of mid-month updates. And in my mid-month update, I, and this is, this is how I have tried to keep perspective as an investor myself, is I looked at um, Alphabet, so Google, Netflix, Priceline, it's now called Booking Holdings, Amazon and Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at them from 2006, which, or really through 2003, which is right before the great financial crisis, one of the worst drawdowns of our time, through 2020, and this is even after part of the huge job in 2020. And the best performing out of those was Netflix up 15,000%, even with the great financial crisis right in the middle. And then the worst performing is Starbucks up 542%. And of course, look, these are five companies that I have confirmation bias. I know they're great companies, but I think it was easy for people to think about them back then and say, Hey, these are, these are some of the leading companies of our time. Mm -hmm. uh, it might be worth an investment. And the whole, the whole point of that, whether you pick the best companies or not, mm -hmm. for me was just good companies are going to be okay through mm -hmm. these things. And those companies through in 2009, another chart I shared from Y charts during the great financial crisis, they were all down more than 50%. And Starbucks was down as much as 75%. Mm -hmm. And even with that, even with 50 to 75% drops over a long enough term, people did just, just fine, you know? Yeah. Like, like take a, take a near term example of a company that's been crushed and hammered over the last year, Boeing, right? Boeing's Boeing has, I mean, talk about the perfect storm 
of, you know, this didn't start a month ago for Boeing. This started with the 747 MAX issues or, um, you know, and, and the Nigerian Airlines crash and, and, and stuff like that. Um, do, do we really think that Boeing um, in a duopoly, basically, of, of airplane manufacturers, do we really think Boeing is not in some way or another going to pull out of this and in a few years be much stronger? Now, I don't know whether that is a government bailout associated with that and too big to fail, et cetera. But if we step back and, and just ask a, a logical, intuitive question, which is, does it make sense to the United States and to our allies to have the largest manufacturer of airplanes, a critical asset to our economy, um, to lose the ability to make airplanes? No, you know? So like step back and say, wow, horrible year. I'm, and I'm not pushing Boeing by any means, but I am right. saying there's a lot of things out there that are fundamentally very sound companies, like the ones that you mentioned that got hammered during sections, uh, you know, times in the market. I look at that and say, wow, it's a really interesting time to buy. And yeah, I might be wrong. The market may go down another 15, 20%. That doesn't mean that this price isn't a lot more favorable than it's going to be a year from now or 18 months from now. Yeah, you missed out on 20% upside, but you, you did preserve 40% upside if it just returns to where it was. Yeah, and, and so this is, this is a plug for white charts, right? And I'm not getting compensated by you or white charts at all. And it, while you were discussing that, I was able to pull it up on my computer and I'm looking at Boeing's chart throughout their history, which from 1972, I'm looking at max drawdowns or percent off highs. Mm -hmm. There's eight-ish times that it's been down more than 50%. Mm -hmm. And right, right now, it's the most I've ever, at least according to this chart, the most I've ever seen it down. It's down more than 75% from its high, or actually it was, and now I think it's 65% below <laughs> its all-time highs. And so then if you yep. look at the percent change over Boeing's history, it's up 20,000%. Mm -hmm. And so again, like you were saying, another example, major drawdowns, but for mm -hmm. long-term investors, these things turn out okay. And actually, you did a study looking back at investing, and I don't know if it was a thorough study or not, but one of the things, the ideas you like to look at at night one time was investing in companies after a crisis. And I don't know if you, it was a while ago, so I don't know how much of your conclusion you remember, but I mean, what was a high level takeaway from that? Honestly, it's a huge buy opportunity um, yeah. to buy after a crisis. And now, you know, the study we did said that when's it going to bottom out? It's going to bottom out 15 to 30 days after the crisis. And then over uh, the course of a year or so, it's going to significantly outperform the S&P 500 on average. Now, again, that doesn't mean every single one, but, you know, we're, we're playing a game of averages and a corporate crisis is a significant opportunity to buy. And again, um, we all have our own risk tolerances and we all have our own savings and we all have the, the, the correct number of chips we're willing to put into markets. But, wow, when you see a stock that you think is a credible, um, you know, a, a credible, fundamentally sound company take a big dip. Um, our math shows that that's a great time to buy. One of the things I've also heard you say before, part of your job as the CEO and president of YCharts is to also be familiar with the product and what your customers are using. And so you actually use YCharts in your own personal investing process. 
Um, can you share what your kind of your process is as an individual investor and the types of companies that you, you like to invest in? Yeah, I, I'm pretty simple, honestly. Um, my, I, I'm a big believer in diversification, right? So um, I believe as through time, there have been the right allocation models that represented the right thing for me, whether, you know, 60-40 or 70-30 or 80-20. Or um, I try to invest in indices, honestly, um, because I, I know how difficult it is to consistently outperform markets. But I also thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy um, I guess in my in my youthful years, I, I liked going out to Vegas every now and again, and and I've always been a startup guy, which which says you know I'm I'm generally putting compensation on the line for equity. I'm I'm a risk seeking person, so I have a, a generally speaking a high risk tolerance, which means um, I uh, I feel inadequate if I don't have some sleeves of some securities that. I like to do research on. And, and again, I, my, my personal bias is invest in things you truly, truly, truly know. Yeah. Things I truly know is I know technology and I know software and I know the telecom space and I know the financial services space. So my bias, besides when I ask my wife and kids, what's, what's really interesting and fun product that you enjoy? Um, I love to invest in fang-like stocks. You know, I, I look at the future of, of companies like Amazon, only accentuated in periods of time like we're in right now, where um, brick and mortar is a bit shut down. Well, on the, on the broader scale, brick and mortar has been kind of shut down for the last couple years. Yeah. Um, and, and, and companies that have adapted their once traditional brick and mortar model to a digital model. I, my big thing is I like to find those companies. I like to invest in them. You know, believe me, like everybody else, I'm looking at you know Zoom and and all the things now and saying, well, which one of these are a fad versus yeah. one of these things are going to be around for the long term? Because honestly, if I buy it now, I'm not uh, I'm not selling it for a decade. Yeah, yeah, and that, I think what you said there at the end, if you buy it now, you're not selling for a decade. Is is like one of the most important traits that an individual investor can have. And I, there's been a lot of research over time that has looked into people's brokerage accounts at different firms and stuff. And, and basically the conclusion is that by extending your holding period, almost guaranteed to improve your returns because the number one issue for a lot of people is just over trading and trading too much. Oh yeah. And even, even you look Austin people now who are saying, well, maybe I ought to, unload or people a couple of weeks ago, maybe more relevant before the, the recent uptick in the market, you know, people saying I ought to unload, you know, the, the mathematical perils of thinking that you can time a market, you know, to jump out means you presuppose you understood the right time to get out and you understand the right time to get in. And, yeah. you know, there, there's some very clear math out there that said, you know, uh, if you wanted to achieve 9%-ish market returns, you stick in 9 to 12% stick in the market over the long run. If you happen to jump in and out and you missed a couple of the up days, your returns would be nearly flat, if not slightly negative. Like the math says, you got to be in for those good days, which means yep. you're going to be in for the bad days too. But on average with an upward trending 
um, you know, S and P and everything stay in and, yeah. and don't panic right now. And like the last week has been a good example. I don't know whether we're at a bottom. Uh, I don't know whether a new high, we're in a new uh, bull market. I don't know, but I know I'm going to be there to look back a year from now and two years from now and say, I'm glad I didn't bail. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, another person I'm a big fan of on Twitter and just in general is Carl Richards. Uh, he's at the behavior gap on Twitter. He's mm -hmm. a financial advisor who now does a lot of coaching and, and great person. He's written two books and uh, one of them is called the behavior gap. And the behavior gap is the difference between investment returns and investor returns. And the reason there's a difference is exactly what you talked about. People, trying to time the market, trade in and out or whatever mm -hmm. creates that huge difference between an investment return. So the S and P 500 versus the 2% or the 3% that people actually get when what they were invested in returned eight or 9%. What potential opportunities or just trends do you think are potentially for real? And we don't have to name individual companies, but what do you think is for real? And what do you think is going to, going to change back? Are people going to hate working from home or are they, is there going to be a greater appreciation for it? There was a big question out there. There always has been, especially with uh, relative old timers like me, you know, which is what, what is this whole work from home stuff? So much magic happens in at the water cooler at work and in the flow of business. And, you know, Austin, if you ever came into uh, our offices, you'd see um, that we don't sit in offices. All of us sit feet from each other. I sit right next to our CFO and um, sit next to all of our staff. And, you know, so I'm hearing people on the phones supporting customers and there's so much flow and so much joy and so many cultural great things that come from the way we were configured. So when, when somebody raised the, well, you know, so-and-so would like to work from home, you know, in, in the business as usual, mold, you know, be like, why, you know, you're miss, you, you miss things. And there's too many things that are hard to recreate in this business as unusual work from uh, work remotely. The thing I've seen is if your culture is really important to you, you can recreate a lot of the flow. Um, it just has to be done differently. Um, we've been doing a lot of zoom meetings Um you know, I know we, we're growing so fast. We have some upcoming real estate decisions to make for our, our businesses. How much additional real estate will we take? Well, guess what? I'm questioning that right now at all. Yeah. I'm saying if we're seeing increased productivity by the person and by the team um, and people value working from home, it saves them a commute. It, it, it saves them a dry cleaning bill, whatever their, their personal reason. They want to walk their dog and not pay a dog sitter. Um, there's so many technologies out there that have been hugely helping us. So to answer your question more directly, Zoom has been hugely important. Uh, Google Hangouts. Um, we uh, huge reliance on Slack. Yeah. Huge reliance. You know, every day we're putting out surveys uh, through uh, Google Forms to to keep our our culture engaged. We've been doing virtual happy hours. We've learned to adapt and recreate our culture in the digital world which makes us question now everything about our go forward. And in a month or whenever, whatever time we go back, I think we're going to be re-engineering re the way we do business completely. I may be working from you there uh, in Florida, Austin. I may be sitting right next to you and, you know, maybe we'll be even be more productive. Yeah. You're, anytime. You're welcome, Sean. Anytime. You're welcome here. Um, and that's, you know, another thing too, and I've worked remote as well. 
you also have the ability to, if you have a remote option, to recruit talent from anywhere in the world, really. And so really you're broadening opportunity to people mm -hmm. who don't have to be physically located near your offices and then potentially improving the company by attracting, you know, different talent, different perspectives, you know, mm -hmm. so a lot of, a lot of really cool opportunities there. Yeah. I'll give you a couple prime examples of that with us. Like we, we just had our first experience of onboarding new employees who we've, we've only sat down with in person during the interview process. Cause we're lucky enough to have met with them in early February. We just onboarded our first few employees who've not worked in an office with us, um, including a manager who, you know, is, is managing a team of people that she has barely been able to meet, but for the interview process. To your point about recruiting, Austin, one of the biggest challenges in the financial services space is getting a fully diversified workforce. Mm -hmm. And that gets really challenging when you're in major metropolitan areas and you're saying, hey, whatever the demographic is, female, African-American, whatever it is, those constraints are gone now, right? Yeah. So we can open up our recruiting on a national or global level and say, hey, we're going to get diversity uh, along many lines, including diversity of thought. And it doesn't all have to happen in Chicago or Manhattan, which is where our two biggest offices are. So I am loving that possibility. Um, I will tell you, though, I, I also miss um, the, the fact that I think business is great when uh, a meeting is not an event, when you don't have yeah. to set up a Zoom session, when you just meet and you just talk and you just, uh, you just have a, a discussion in the hallway. We haven't yeah. quite figured out a way to reproduce flow, but I think that's our next big challenge. Yeah, there's, there's some, some companies have had success by just leaving a few Zoom rooms open and mm -hmm. people can kind of work from there. Totally optional, no pressure. Yeah. People can kind of work from there, go in and get some of that like water cooler feel or have some of those natural hallway conversations. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it's interesting. And, you know, one of the things, I try to be an optimist, but also a, a realist, but one of the things that I'm excited about is uh, innovation and innovation exactly like you're talking about. Um, in, in some of the stuff we've seen in the news, like, what is it, uh, Abbott coming out with the new testing capabilities mm. and new technology companies, just companies being started to create face shields for medical workers and things like that. I think there's going to be a lot of innovation that, that oh. comes out of this period and, and great companies built, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and I tell you what, this is what I absolutely love oh. about the country that we're blessed to, to be a part of. I, you know, Hang I read about it. Who's that? This is, this is Hannah. Hi, Hannah. <laughs> How you doing, Hannah? That's awesome. She just woke up from her nap. Come on. This is Wesley. Hi, Wesley. Maybe, maybe my kids can do some virtual babysitting for yours. Yeah. Hi, Wesley. Can you say hi? Hello. How you doing? Sorry about that, Sean. That's awesome. That's what I love uh, about this period of time. Yeah, and it's... Um, so we were just interrupted by my kids, which I'll probably leave some of it and yeah. cut out the part where my daughter's screaming at Sean. Um, <laughs> but it's one of the things I know. So Patrick O'Shaughnessy produces a podcast, Invest Like the Best. And mm -hmm. it's one of the most professional and, you know, he does a really great job getting edited. And one of his recent episodes, I, he was doing it from home. I heard like kids in the background and mm -hmm. 
like you just said, I'm sure you're experiencing this at work, pets and kids mm -hmm. coming into meetings. It's, it's like that's starting to be accepted or okay yeah. now, whereas before, you know, maybe uh, it wasn't as accepted. Oh, you, you remember that guy who was the poster child for work from yeah. home mix-up, yeah. that poor guy who was given a newscast and then his, yeah. his kid and, uh, came in in the rolly thing and wife came in and the other kid came running in. Like, the, the, the thing that's beautiful about this now for me is we're all human beings, right? Yeah. We don't have lives. I, I feel like we have a new appreciation for the fact that none of us are robots. None of us have the perfect life. None of us have homes. I, I had a board meeting. Uh, week and a half ago, a board call. And simultaneously, my dog, Lou, starts barking like crazy because he sees the garbage truck go by. Then my kids who are doing e-learning start yelling up, can you guys please make Lou shut up? And then my wife starts using the vacuum cleaner. All the while, I'm like, I am on a board call. You know, yeah. but, but I, I got done with that. And I'm like, you know what? That's who I am. My, my yeah. life is as imperfect and messy as anybody else's and you know to have your beautiful kids just walk in man that that's us and now i know you a little bit better and so does everybody else who's who's watching you know yeah. and everybody watching probably sees over my shoulder i got i got baseballs and footballs up on my shelf and says hey this guy's not just some head coach of his his company he's a guy who has some passions outside of work and and i love it i noticed that on your twitter and and i wanted to ask you about it but i forgot until you just mentioned it um, the head coach thing, what does that title mean to you versus be really easy for, for a CEO to call themselves that? I don't like titles and I, I never have Austin. Um, I, I don't think I'm any smarter or nor more capable than anybody on my team. My role happens to be to, to draw out the plays and to make sure the right people are in the right positions, but I, I'm no, I'm, I'm no ivory tower hand down an edict guy. So I consider myself a head coach. I put the right people in the, in the right positions. I, I'm blessed to have a bunch of really fine athletes working for me. Um, sometimes the best thing I can do is to stand on the sidelines and cheer them on. Other times, maybe I, I, somebody, you know, has a, a business injury and I need to say, um, you know, why don't you go over there and, and why don't you do this or why don't you two work together on this play? But I, I think head coach is a much more accurate depiction of what I do than, president and CEO of Y charts. I'm wearing this fancy shirt here Love uh, it. for a reason. Earlier, I forgot to, to ask you, you talked a little bit about your background, but then we kind of just jumped in. So I think you went to school at some point. And to me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of college and I think yeah. I understand rivalries, but I think you went to two schools that are rivals, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, um, I um I went to Notre Dame undergrad and I'm very very passionate about fighting Irish football and then I went to uh Stanford for my MBA and um I know it seems peculiar um but the two years I was at Stanford happened to be two crazy sets of things going on number number 1 those were the two years that Tiger Woods was playing golf at Stanford and number 2 while I was there uh uh, let's see, uh, Google was founded. Larry Page and uh, Sergey Brin founded Google. So I was able to get over the fact that I was kind of at a, a school that was a football rival because there was so much joy in going out with a six pack of beer and watching Tiger Woods drive the 
the uh, golf ball so much farther than I ever did on that same course that, uh, yeah. but I, my, my first love for football will always be Notre Dame. So thank you for, uh, for that. That's an awesome shirt. The baseball is in the background. I'm a huge baseball fan as well. And I've got some over this way that you, that you can't see, but are those, are those, it looks like they're probably autographed. Um, yeah. And did you, did you do that with your kids or is that from growing up or what's the story with those? So I, I have a lot of, a lot of footballs, you know, I've got football signed by Notre Dame national championship team, Rocket Ishmael, Tim Brown, um, a lot of those. And those are uh, at least three of them are over oh, yeah. this shoulder. Um, my son is incredibly passionate about baseball. He's 13 years old and his name is Quinn and he's incredibly passionate about baseball. So um, I, Austin, I've seen your posts too, you know, uh, in some cases your kids follow your lead and other cases you follow your kids lead and uh, I've, I've become incredibly passionate about baseball. And so, you know, we're huge Cubs fans and what you're seeing are a lot of, uh, a lot of neat signatures we've gathered over the years by standing in long lines at events to, yeah. to get a, a two minute discussion, a picture and, uh, and a nice autograph. I mean, one of my best memories growing up and it's a lot of memories is just my dad and my parents being involved in sports and taking me to games to watch. And, um, and that's, you know, it sounds like you're involved with that stuff with your kids. And that's one of the things I'm excited about being a, uh, being a parent. All right. So we've got a few minutes left. Um, we've, we've veered way off topic here, so there's no hope there <laughs> getting back on topic. So let's just stay off topic. If that's mm -hmm. all right with you. Sure. I want to talk about some more tweets of yours. And uh, one tweet on March 27th, um, your three key possessions uh, when you leave your house are a dog leash, a doggy bag, and hand sanitizer. Mm -hmm. So A, it just makes me wonder where you're going. Hopefully it's to walk your dog. <laughs> uh, and B, what kind of dog do you have? So yeah, and I, and I contrasted those possessions with the ones I always had on me, you know, which were my, my cell phone and my keys and my wallet. We've been taking a lot of walks and my dog, Lou, who's named by the way, after Lou Holtz, uh, nice. the coach of, uh, the coach and profit from Notre Dame. Um, he, uh, we, we take a lot of walks and it has just been a wonderful family experience for me. And so, yeah, we're, we, we, we don't have anywhere to go. So yeah. we don't need to bring anything with us. And you know what? My cell phone can stay here because there's nothing that can't wait, honestly, especially when you've got a capable team who could deal with any fire that popped up. The next day you were on a roll. You came with, uh, you think this made me laugh. You think you developed a bad case of spring cleaning elbow, called your doctor and he said he, you should take a few weeks off from cleaning stuff and your wife doesn't believe you. Oh. So uh, I've, I suffer from the same thing. And uh, so I feel, I feel for you. So it just made me wonder, are you a, are you a do it yourselfer around your house? And, and what's the worst do it yourself project that you've ever, you've ever done? Austin, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself because you know, <laughs> like, like every couple, my wife and I have, you know, and, and kids, we've made our share of small messes that there never seems to be enough time to get to it. My wife is very organized and she created a list for me, like my second work from home day. And it's like, well, what, since you're not commuting an uh, hour and a half there and back every day, <laughs> more uh, time. You, you got more time. And so one three-hour project after another, you know, we're, 
we're going into nooks and crannies of our house and she's saying, you know, can you clean out this cabinet? Can we take all the dishes out, uh, reorganize, put some liner down, wipe them all down, clean them? Can you go out to the garage and all of those um, possessions? We, we've gotten into sacred ground though, where I'm, I'm really worried where she said, hey, you know that drawer you have with all of your old t-shirts, your cherished mementos over the year t-shirts? It's time to go give those to charity. Yeah. And so, so she, she gets me with two cards. One is the, we got a clean card. The other one is you should give your stuff to charity, which, you know, that resonates hugely with me. But I'm like, yeah. these, these are my possessions. This is my concert t-shirt. For, you know, this is my um, Def Leppard concert t-shirt. And this is my ACDC concert t-shirt. And this is my Great Bears football game t-shirt. I, I can't get rid of these. She said, you haven't won it in two years. It's got to go. So the big thing I've learned, Austin, I might be the head coach at, at, um, at Y Charts. I am not the head coach in my house. I'm sure she would really miss those, uh, those old shirts if, if you got rid of them or they disappeared. <laughs> Your response should be that a charity wouldn't be able to take those shirts because they're, they're so old and, you know, who else would want to wear them after you've worn them so many times? Thanks again, Sean, for your, your time. We're, we're wrapping up here. Um, I want to ask you one more question, but before we do that, where can people find you out there in Twitter land and then a good place to find Y charts, which you all don't push communications on people. I know you like to have people come to you um, mm -hmm. and, and that's an awesome model. So where can people find you? So if, if you want to get to know me or my company, um, you come to our website, ycharts.com. If you want to follow me on uh, Twitter, I'm Sean underscore ycharts or um, at ycharts. Um, just there's a lot you can learn. Come take a free trial if you wanted to explore our software. But otherwise, we're, we're like um, anybody who uses our software is probably a buy and hold type of person, a big fundamental analysis. That's kind of our, how we are as a company. We're, we're not in this for uh, get some quick customers. We're in this for um, get to know some people gradually through time. And if we've got a fit, they become a customer. And then we, we look forward to serving them for 10 years. So yeah, that's how you find us. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's why I'm such a fan of, of you and wine charges. I really appreciate that model. I was just going to say, say to you, Austin, you know, I, I want to go back to where we started here though. Um, I really enjoy talking about my team and what we've done. I wanted to thank you and your family for what you're contributing to, uh, to the world right now. And, you know, in your active duty and, and in the reserves, that's the stuff that's really important. And it's, it's a pleasure to be able to serve software, but uh, I have no doubts of what's really important in life. And I think you guys are representing that. So thank you. Thank you for that, Sean. Mm -hmm. um, the last question I want to ask you is what's your definition of success and, and how do you measure it or, or who measures it maybe is a better question. For me, it, life and business, it's, it's really the same answer. It's am I, or are we making a difference? Um, am I, or are we connecting with others and am I, or are we enjoying the journey? And so, so for me, um, that's what I especially love after 25 plus years in the business. I love, I literally love the human beings I work with. I think we're, we're doing something important that we're passionate about. And I know we connect with each other every single day. So uh, I, I, I feel like I'm in a successful chapter of my life and career. And uh, I hope I've got decades more of this. Yeah. Thanks, John. And uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. 
a reminder that people on this program might hold positions in companies mentioned. Buying and selling stock carries financial risk, which could include the loss of capital. Views in the program should not be taken as personalized advice. Before acting on any of the information provided, listeners are encouraged to consult with a financial or tax professional.